Uh, g'day humans, bit of a different uh, start here. Uh, unfortunately, the sad news of two passings in the wrestling world. So uh, you will hear the episode we recorded in full, but uh, as we normally do, we have a bit of a discussion about the uh, wrestlers when they pass away. So I've got Alex back on the line, and in a moment, you'll hear us talk about uh, Terry Funk and Bray White. So uh, just stand by humans, you'll hear that first, and then the episode itself in full. Great to play by Jack Briscoe, has the challenger. Back on the canvas, and this young man from West Texas State. Unable to move effectively now, but Briscoe, this match is really taking its toll. Briscoe now moves up, and now Jack Briscoe sets his man and is going for that figure four. One mistake, it opened for just one second, and Terry Funk moves in. A count of three, a count of three, and there's a new world heavyweight wrestling champion. Terry Funk has just set wrestling history. The only time in wrestling history that two brothers have ever held the World Heavyweight Championship. Dory Funk held it for four and a half years, and now Terry Funk has just achieved a lifetime dream. We're going to see this again in slow motion, and watch carefully now as Jack Briscoe, the champion. Notice he's open for just a split second. Terry Funk obviously has studied films on the champion. He watched him very carefully. He found this one flaw in the application of the figure four. Inside Cradle. And in 28 minutes and 20 seconds of this one-fall, one-hour time limit match, Terry Funk has defeated the world heavyweight champion, Jack Briscoe. And Terry Funk, now you hear the ring announcer. There you see it. And Terry Funk, I think now, just now, becoming aware of what has happened to him. Terry Funk, dazed but jubilant. Obviously ecstatic now with, uh, with joy as he has achieved a lifetime ambition. He has achieved the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Here in the dressing room at Miami Beach at Convention Hall, I have with me now the new NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Terry Funk, the man who lived in the shadow of his brother for over four years, has finally achieved that pinnacle, the World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship. And may I just say congratulations. Thank you very much, Gordon. It's the proudest day of my life. Naturally, it is. Well, I might just say this, of course, that Jack Briscoe and the NWA, when they agreed to allow Terry Funk to substitute for his brother, Dory Funk Jr., Jack Briscoe also had a return clause in the contract saying that in the event he lost, you would meet him this coming Tuesday in Tampa at the Armory. Now, wait one second. I was under the assumption that I was going to go ahead and have the return match in Amarillo, Texas. No, the, the champion stated in the, in the contract itself that he had his choice of locations. In Tampa, I've got to wrestle the man in a rematch in Tampa. That is exactly correct. Not Amarillo? No, sir. Well, I'll tell you one thing is I like the people of Florida. I love the people of Florida, but I'm countryfied, and I'm Texas's pride. And first of all, I'm going to defend this belt for my mother, my mother's state of Texas. And I'll come down here, and I'll wrestle a man in Tampa. And I'll tell you what, I intend on being something that Jack Briscoe never was. And that's an offensive champion, not a defensive champion, not the kind of champion that continues to run to the ropes constantly during the match like Briscoe has done. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the fight to this man and prove to you people that I will be the finest champion that this world has ever seen in professional wrestling. Well, of course, at one point in the match when the referee was injured, he did have you pinned for easily a five count. 
I don't recall that at all. I don't recall that. Well, thank you so very much. There you have it, the new NWA World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion, Terry Funk. Thanks for uh, agreeing to speak again today, Alex. Um, I thought, uh, you know, with the uh, the passing of Terry Funk uh, yesterday, Australian time as we're taping this, we could have just uh, talked next week, but uh, more news overnight as well, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, woke up this morning, opened up Twitter and saw that tweet from Triple H. Um, yeah, absolutely absolutely dumbfounded about it it's just unreal um yeah i was already pretty reeling from the terry funk news but with the the terry funk thing so much different because it's like terry funk was older he had a full career there was no doubt about that (laughs) um had his seven retirement tours yeah yeah this this bray thing's different though it's like 36 
That's what, a year older than you? Uh, yeah, and it's the third wrestler this year around that age group as we've um, lost uh, Miami in May, Australian wrestler, and Roxy Wright in June. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to uh, discuss any calls or anything. There's been a few reports out there, but uh, we'll uh, wait and see in the coming days how that one goes. Um, So I think off the top here, we'll uh, touch a bit more on Terry's career, and then at, at the close of the show, you'll hear a bit more on, uh, on Bray Wyatt. But, uh, so Terry Funk, uh, a.k.a. Chainsaw Charlie uh, in the 90s in the WWF. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, much like Dude Love, did he use that name anywhere else? No, 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 I don't think so. And according to Bruce Prichard, so, I don't know, grain of salt, um, they wanted to bring him in just as Terry Funk. And then Terry Funk's like, I got this crazy idea for a gimmick. Yeah. And he's like, I want to be Chainsaw Charlie. And it was apparently like a reference to someone that like, I can't remember the exact story, but it was a reference to someone like he went to school with or grew up with or something like that. The name was. And, yeah, he wanted to come out with a chainsaw and do that whole thing. And Vince and Bruce were like, yeah, but Terry Funk has name value. (laughs) And he's like, I want to be Chainsaw Charlie. I want to be Chainsaw Charlie. Let me be with Jack. I'll be a chainsaw. (laughs) This was after his first retirement, his big one with uh, Beyond the Mat and Dennis Stamp. Yep, yeah, uh, this is, like, after his, like, legendary ECW run, all that sort of stuff. Like, it's not like in 97 when he comes in, he is, like, oh, no, it was early 98 that he came into the WWF. It's not like in early 98 he's, like, some old wrestler from back in the day. No, like, the year before he was... What doing ECW pay-per-views, he was a very relevant name in the scene at the time. Yeah. Yeah, so the fact that he it was his idea for him to come in under a completely different name, wearing a stocking over his head. Uh, so strange. <laughs> so strange, but that's just so Terry Funk. They're, and they're and then there Go was on. that... um promo around that time that he did on Shotgun Saturday Night where he said to Steve Austin your mother's a whore (laughs) (laughs) your mother's a whore it's so good did they ever give Chainsaw Charlie Terry Funk a shot at the world title in WWF I don't think so I don't think so Um, like After WrestleMania 14, they pretty much... Actually, no, at WrestleMania 14 is when they got rid of the Chainsaw Charlie gimmick, and it's where, at WrestleMania 14, like, he just comes out unexplained as Terry Funk, (laughs) because fuck it. Um, And then, yeah, he he has a little mini feud with Cactus after that, because Cactus is in the transition of turning heel so he can be... 
the first guy to challenge for Stone Cold's title. Oh. Uh, and that's when, um, yeah, he becomes the corporate dude love. This is all still pretty fresh in my memory from my time warp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the dumpster match still holds up so well. And uh, I guess Austin and Carlton, the, uh, the new guns yeah. on AEW and their match against the Acclaimed. Yeah, they did the dumpster match. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember as a kid watching that the angle on Raw where um, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie are in the dumpster and they get thrown off the stage. Yes. And it is, like, it is, in hindsight, it looks so stupid. But... As a kid, I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. It's crazy. Because, like, you would have Vince come out and he was, like, kind of a heel at the time and he's, like, concerned. And, like, you had, you had like, baby faces and heels come out to check on Terry and Mick. Oh, wow. So it was, like, really blurring the lines of, like, oh, shit, this is serious. <laughs> the way it was sold... Um, they spent like two segments on it too, like just a full, full on segment of them just stretching them out. And yeah, it was just sold so perfectly. So yeah, that's really memorable to me. Um, <laughs> as time goes on, um, I was one of those guys as a kid that never really gave up on WCW. <laughs> Um, You're still rooting for him even today. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, I never gave up on him, and I was deep in the trenches watching, you know, 2000 WCW, even 99 and 2001. But I have fond memories of Terry Funk's run in WCW in 2000 as a hardcore champ, having a feud with... um, Dustin and Dusty Rhodes, where <laughs> Terry Funk grabbed a, a full raw chicken, put it on his fist, and hit Dustin Rhodes in the face with it. <laughs> um, Why? Because Was this like backstage at catering during a hardcore match? No, 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 no. He brought it to the ring with him. <laughs> it was a predetermined thing because... Dustin, you got some chicken legs. <laughs> you got chicken legs, and your and your daddy's a chicken. You're just a whole family of chickens. I think I sent you like a video like a couple of years ago, and Terry Funk's like, your little brother's a chicken. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then he pulls out the raw chicken, and he. Puts his fist in the bunghole, gets <laughs> dusted in the head with it. And then, um, yeah, I just, for some reason, I remember Terry Funk and Ric Flair having a feud in 2000 as well. And <laughs> Terry Funk kept calling Ric, Flo- Ric Flair, oh, banana nose, banana nose Flair. Um, yeah, it's just ridiculous shit. Uh, him as hardcore champ was actually fun as fuck, and 
I remember there was like a match he had with Meng of all people, and it was just fucking violent and amazing. That doesn't sound like Meng. Yeah, no, not the guy that bit someone's nose off their face. Violent? Never. <laughs> um, he had a match in Ring of Honor against CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, also wrestled in MLW in a, what is this, five-on-five uh, five war games match. Yeah, yeah. MLW's I... last show until 2017. Yeah, I've I think I saw that match. Um, yeah, I think it was on YouTube or something. Um, so, yeah, like 2006, he did One Night Stand. No? Yep. Didn't he do Hardcore Homecoming? No, 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 that was 2005. Oh. The second One Night Stand when they were... Oh, re- is it? Yeah, go on. Yeah, the second One Night Stand where they're about to... Re- uh, launched the third brand ECW. They had on the 2006 card, it was Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk with Bueller versus Edge and Mick Foley with Lita. Lita for the co hardcore chance. Yeah, yeah, that, that weird thing. And that's where Mick Foley cut that amazing promo where he's like, I love ECW and I just want to praise one of the greatest people to. The greatest person to have ever ran this company. Stephanie McMahon. Long live the Alliance. Long live the Alliance. Such a heel. Um, <laughs> Mick so- Foley is that heel was great. And then Terry Funk just coming out and just like in that era, it felt like he had no idea what was going on and he was just punching anything that got in his way and it was amazing. <laughs> What was the um, reason that Terry chose Hardcore Homecoming over One Night Stand 2005? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. I know that, that, like, Hardcore Homecoming was run by Shane Douglas and Terry's really close with Shane Douglas. Yeah. So I think that might add something to do with it. Yeah. Um, I know that Terry Funk said that he regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, because, like, that's... He is what was missing from 05. Him and he, the Rob Van Dam match. Yeah, but at least we got Rob Van Dam. True, true. Uh, I'm just having a, a look here through the man's career. Do, do, you, do you recall the last time Terry Funk was on WWE television? No. I've watched the promo today, and it's actually fucking amazing. Oh, I is know, this the John Moxley one in the bar? In the bar with Dean Ambrose. Oh, where he, yes. <laughs> where, where he gives him the chainsaw. Maybe uh, we'll see that at Stadium Stampede this weekend. Uh, I actually think there's probably a chance we'll see some a chainsaw come out. Like, if Moxley pulls out a chainsaw, that will get a huge pop because people will put two and two together. <laughs> that was the time Moxley was getting, like, all these gifts from the hardcore legend. Didn't he get yeah. Barbie off Foley? He got Barbie off Foley, yeah. Um... I can't remember what else he got, but yeah, he got like 
pep talks from all these wrestlers as well because they wanted him to beat Brock Lesnar and it just ends up being a squash match because Brock didn't want to do business because he was getting ready to fight Mark Hunt in the UFC. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> do you remember anything of Terry Funk's TNA run? Mm, that was sort of from a time when, like, just anyone who had ever had any t- major national TV time was welcome to come to TNA. Yeah. Um, and they would just pop in for a week and then they're gone. Like Lex Luger had a couple of matches and then he's gone. Randy yeah. Savage did it. Fucking. Yeah. Um, I don't remember much from Terry Funk's TNA run at all. Um, I, I feel like another thing we haven't really touched on is we've talked about like what we remember from our time as fans, but yeah. fuck's sake, man. This dude ran wrestling in the 70s. Yeah, a 52-year in-ring career. Yeah. Uh, what was it, the first brother duo to win the NWA world title? Has um, there been a brother duo who's done that since? I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that. I don't think so. I don't think so. But... Like Rain, were you NWA world <laughs> champion? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I don't think there, there has been. Because um, I don't think Jerry Briscoe won it. Jack won it. Jerry yeah. didn't. Uh, I'm just going to have a quick look. Not that I can see at the moment. But uh, go on there. Uh, first brother duo to win. Many tag titles with his brother, Dory Jr., who's the older brother. Yeah, the Funks and the Briscoes, they just, they printed money in those days. Um, Yeah, particularly in the Houston Territory, run by Paul Bosch. Um, Yeah, but all over the globe, Terry Funks, probably probably one of the quintessential traveling world champions. Yeah. yeah, uh, and then, like, my favourite Terry Funk stuff to go back and watch is his stuff from 89 in WCW. That's, oh, where, okay. that's where they bring him in for, a, for about five, six months as just like, oh, here's this old wrestler who's, like, an interviewer. And he would constantly be interviewing the world champion, and they just keep doing little things where he's looking at the big gold and stuff like that. And then after, and then it's Ric Flair finally beats Ricky Steamboat in that big trilogy. And then straight after the match, Cherry Funk jumps in the ring to interview him, sucker punches Ric Flair. And for the first time on major wrestling pay-per-view history, Paul drove him through a table. Cool. Yeah, like that just wasn't really seen before and it wasn't a gimmick table. The table didn't break. Um, but yeah, and then this crazy feud with Ric Flair and Terry Funk and Terry Funk had Gary Hart as his manager and it was Gary Hart was managing Terry Funk and the Great Muda against Sting and Ric Flair. Oh, it was perfect. It's really good storytelling, some great matches in there. 
Terry Funk doing some, yeah, um, ahead of its time hardcore stuff with Ric Flair in 89. Amazing. Yeah, I just had a quick look through the NWA history. I can't see another brother duo in there. And the only father-son duo that comes to yeah, mind Dusty is and Dusty Cody. and Cody. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I did want to say they were the only brothers, but I just wanted to play it safe just in case I was wrong. But, yeah. Um, I mean, Terry Funk's a fucking legend, man. Yeah. Um, Roadhouse is in that. It's all about was pop sharing, culture shit. Somebody yeah. was sharing the five-minute uh, cut-down version of Roadhouse, and it's just the Terry Funk bits. Hmm. So that was going around on the socials today. Who did I? I saw a post on Twitter about the. Um, I don't know if you ever saw Rocky Five, the yeah. shit one where there's not a big boxing match at the end; it's a big brawl in the street. Uh, Terry Funk was actually the fight coordinator for that. Oh wow! Yeah, because Terry Funk had developed a relationship with Sylvester Stallone. Because of Terry Funk being in uh, Over the Top. Truck movie, yes. <laughs> yeah, Over the Top. Um, Is he have... the first big wrestler, like, world champion who turned to acting? No. Uh, uh, no. No. But actually, probably the biggest wrestler at that time... Yeah, but not the first wrestler. Ah. Yeah, because, like, Peter Maivea did, like, old James Bond movies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We're talking about how The Rock's, what is it, second-generation actor? Yeah, and you know that if Rocky Johnson had a chance, he would have been great, too. Um, Yeah. uh, Man, um, Terry Funk, yeah, he he was the fight coordinator for... um, Rocky Five learned that today. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, what was the other one with Sylvester Stallone as well? Paradise Alley or something like that, where Sylvester Stallone plays a wrestler. It's not very good. Paradise <laughs> Alley? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Yeah. yeah. He's credited as a stunt coordinator on that as well. Yeah, so I think that's where the Terry Funk Sylvester Stallone relationship started because I think that's before Over the Top. Over uh, the Top's like eighty something. I think Paradise Alley's Paradise Alley's like seventy something or early eighties. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. I'm good at these rough guesses here. Um, yeah, man. Like Terry Funk, like created the wrestling we love. Which and, Dark Side the Ring episode is he in? Probably the FMW one. Okay. Probably. I can't recall off the top of my head. I'm just having a look at what else he... He was in an episode of Quantum Leap in the 90s. Oh, fuck it, hell. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He has a discography... Oh, I did hear that he had an album. <laughs> Free, it says. Jesus Christ. Texas Bronco, 1983. Great Texan, 1984. And then tougher than shoe leather. 
2018. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> so your first two albums are going to be a bit different sounding to the third, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, what why not? hasn't this man done? Yeah. Um, Multiple time Hall of Famer. Like, you know, where- the best way to describe him is, like, this is thrown around a lot, but I think this is most appropriate for Terry Funk. He is your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. Yeah, he could do the technical <laughs> stuff of the NWA in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, like, you think about it, like, a lot of wrestlers have come up idolizing Terry Funk. Like Sam Punk's talked about it. Mick Foley's talked about it. Fucking John Moxley's talked about it. Eddie Kingston talks about it almost every other fucking day on Twitter. Um, <laughs> um, and that's just like, that's just off the top of my head. Like Ric Flair talks about like love and Terry Funk. And, like, Dusty Rhodes talked about idolising Terry Funk. So, the uh, the famous T-shirt involving uh, Terry Funk and Dusty, do you know this story? I don't know the full story behind the Dusty Sucks Eggs thing, but it would have just been some silly fucking Terry Funk insult that he just capitalised on. Calling him a weasel, an egg sucker. I don't know, maybe. I yeah. don't know the full story behind it, but I'm guessing, yeah, it's just some old-school insult. So, yeah, he, he wrestled the pure technical style of the NWA during the 60s and 70s. Then he went over to Japan and came back in the 90s with that more hardcore, extreme style in ECW in the 90s. Yeah. Has his famous retirement match losing to the then WWF champion Bret Hart... In 97, his retirement lasted all of how many days, Alex? Uh, how many do you reckon? I've got it listed here. I'm just seeing if you know off the top uh, of your head. I'm going to guess like three months. No, 11 days. Jesus Christ. That's why the comparison was always always made in wrestling retirement terms. Are you Sean or are you Terry? Yeah, yeah. But now it's like, can you even say Sean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you know how many more matches Terry would have after this Terry Funk retirement show? Um, oh. If you get within 20, I'd be surprised. I would, like, after how many he would have after? I would say hundreds, right? 204 after the Brett match. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hundreds, yeah. I'm kind of on the money there. Um, yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah. That is say. within 20, hundreds is two. What was his last match? Uh, it is a triple threat of him and the Rock and Roll Express against someone, the King and uh, uh, King Sun. Okay. Uh, here, I can find here in a moment. Screen uh, share North Carolina. Oh, sorry, I thought I had that up. So, teamed with the Rock and Roll Express in a six-man tag where they defeated Doug Gilbert. 
I'm not yep. familiar with him. Jerry yeah, Lawler. he wrestled in Memphis a lot in the Memphis days. And Brian Christopher by disqualification. Yeah. Ah, oh, just a classic Legends trios match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by then, uh, Funk had slowed down a fair bit. Yeah, fair enough. What was it? 2014. 2017. 2017. Jesus Christ. Yes. So he was wrestling after he'd already handed over the chainsaw to Dean Ambrose. Because um, that was WrestleMania 32, so that was 2016. <laughs> yes, it is. It's 2016. He hands over the chainsaw, and 20, uh, September 2016 announced his retirement at House of Hardcore 17, then returned on September 22nd. It's, it's like uh, uh, if you're an Aussie who doesn't watch wrestling, you talk about the John Farnham thing. The John Farnham retirements that never end up being a full retirement. How every few years John Farnham would have a farewell tour. Well, Terry Funk's the John Farnham of wrestling. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Um, any other memories or anything you went out of your way to watch uh, um, in the past uh, day of Funk? I'm still waiting for somehow Terry Funk's going to have another match. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Somehow he's going to defeat the odds here and he's going to put the boots back on one more time. But Jesus Christ. Um, uh, the, like most of the stuff, like, yeah, I've, I went back and watched like a lot of the moments that I grew up watching of Terry Funk, like the, the New Age Outlaws feud with Cactus and Terry's like vivid in my brain always. Um, that made the New Age Outlaws. Don't get me wrong about that. Much like the dumpster match did for Billy's son on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever go and watch the 10th annual gathering of the Juggalos where Terry Funk appears? No. No, I did not. <laughs> what What an ex- a, a just weird career of, hey, I'm going to show up here. What's that? You want me to come and work at the Juggalos? Okay. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't picky about his bookings, that's for sure. I'm just trying um, to see if there's... Would Would you say the, the most well-remembered thing that Terry Funk has done to the more, more of our age wrestling fans, the most m- memorable thing he's done is Beyond the Mat? Yeah, yeah, probably. I think, like, for our generation, it's beyond the map, for sure. Like, that that's where you get this deep dive into Terry Funk as just this, like, kind, gentle old man. Like, it's my last match. You got to be there. You got to be my last match. <laughs> you got to be there. I'll make uh, you the referee. Come on, Dennis. It's my last match. I'm, I'm wrestling for the title, Dennis. <laughs> he's not wrestling for the title in that match no but that's what he said I oh, know it's it's the main event it's the main event you gotta be there it's my last <laughs> didn't they have it in like the, that's what he says the, wrestling the champ because he was wrestling Bret Hart isn't it like the San Antonio sports arena or something 
Over yeah, so, something. Amarillo. Uh, Amarillo. Bears. It would have been Amarillo. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and it? and it's got people from like all three major promotions on it. It's a fucking mad card. ACW World Title match of Taz, the defending champ, versus Chris Candido. Yeah. ACW World Heavyweight Championship match of Shane Douglas versus Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Mankind versus Sabu. Fucking mad. Hayabusa? And was there not WCW people on this? Um, I'm trying to look. It's 97. No. Maybe no, there wasn't. not. There wasn't. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, roadkill. Uh, yeah. Where's the name Double Cross Ranch come from? Um, sorry, I just walked past Eliza and I burped. Um, the Double Cross Ranch. Uh, I'm not sure the meaning, uh, the origin of it, but it's just a cool ass name, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just great. a fucking cool name. And who's Who's more likely to double cross you than Terry by God Funk? Um, my God, like I, I'm, I'm very blessed to have him on my Fugs roster. <laughs> I'm yes. very blessed. Um, he, uh, I, I am looking forward to booking some fun Terry Funk stuff when we come back with Fugs. Oh my god, he's gonna get a bit of a push because I've been on this Terry Funk kick the last few days. But um Yeah, oh my god. Um I I just gotta say, he's just probably the most influential to the wrestler of all wrestlers of all time. Like every wrestler seems to just be like, I oh, use Terry Funk as an example of a role model of, like, putting over the younger guys. Like, what he did for ECW, without Terry Funk, ECW fails. ECW oh, yeah. doesn't have that legacy. He lent credibility to ECW. He put over so many of their young guys. ECW does not become the phenomenon it is without Terry Funk. Is the full event of Terry Funk's WrestleFest in the WWE archive? I don't think so. I've I've never seen the full thing. I've the only clips I've seen from that show were what was on Beyond the Mat. Yeah. Okay. I Am would I... assume they have the footage, but who knows? They might have the physical footage but not the rights. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the footage is out there. I've just never watched it. I would love to. <laughs> uh, it seems it's on RF Video. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to give money to that dickhead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I suppose in closing, uh, anything else of Terry Funk, NWA Hall of Famer, WCW Hall of Famer, Hardcore Wrestling Hall of Famer, WWE Hall of Famer. I mean, he's legitimately one of the best of all time. 
wrestling doesn't happen without Terry Funk. There's just no other way of saying it. He is part of the reason it went from the smoke-filled arenas to the big stadiums we've seen today. He was part of that era that transformed wrestling from this, you know, old guys that smoking cigarettes in an arena to you can take your whole family along too. Like, he was part of that transformative era. Wrestling doesn't exist in its current state without Terry Funk. There's no better way of explaining it than that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My uh, Terry Funk, rest in peace. Uh, Yeah. We're here immediately following the matchup. In fact, it was a three-way, 60-minute draw in what was the most fantastic, athletically contested uh, heavyweight championship match I've ever seen. Terry Funk fended off not one, but two challengers in Shabu and Shane Douglas. And, and Terry, if we can just get a few words from you tonight. You know, I'm going to tell you people something. That, uh... I love wrestling. I've loved it all my life, and I'm going to tell you that uh, I'm not real proud of the way that it's evolved in a lot of places in the uh, country. I don't believe that the WCW is worth a damn. I think it ridicules my profession. And I think that we have a bunch of people that don't have any respect for a profession running those organizations and the WWF. I'm not talking about the the guys individually, but I'm talking about the way that they have belittled my profession because I think that I'm an athlete and I think that I was out there tonight with a hell of a lot of competitors in that ring that uh, were not even only wrestling, they were, they were wrestling with their heart. And I don't particularly like the opponents that I was against, but they damn sure gave the fans their money's worth, and I think that uh, I did too. I think ECW has come a long way. I think that you got guys like that that have come from from nowhere. I'm talking about the Sandmans. I'm talking about the other guys. I'm talking about the old timers. I'm talking about Jimmy Snooker. And we've all seen this organization grow. And I am really proud of it. And I'm very proud to be wearing this belt around my waist. And I told you people before, hey, I'm an old man. But I'm making my stand. And I'm making it here with the ECW. And those other people can go to hell. Because we're here, and we're here to stay. And we're going to become an organization that's not producing something for kids. I mean, we're not, we're athletic. And I think that we're a sport. And I know that we've got a lot of guys here that are wrestling their heart off. And I'm not trying to take anything from anybody else. But I have respect for Shane Douglas 
and I have respect for Sabu, and I have respect for all of the guys that are EC with ECW, and I want to thank you people out there for being hardcore fans, and that's what we're playing to is the hardcore fans, and I want you to know that I love you, and thank you very much for supporting me, and I really appreciate it. G'day humans, what's good boy? Chris Funder here with Fruity Zogs for another edition of Wrestling All Style. Uh, Alex, how'd you pull up after the weekend, my friend? I heard uh, you kicked a bag of 20, your best <laughs> dog. You got the coach's award that night. Oh, mate, uh, there were no accolades, that's for sure. There was no uh, real pats on the back. Um, let's just say the gas tank is... Very limited these days. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, you know, I've, I'm in slightly better shape than I was a few years ago, so I should be okay. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. There's different. There's a difference from being in like just general okay shape and then footy shape. I can't fucking run anymore, man. <laughs> Everyone's. <laughs> All the young'uns, they're just way too quick. And I'm just still the same speed I was all those years ago. And that wasn't much to begin with. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got a fair few tackles in, which was nice. I got a couple of kicks, a few handballs. But, yeah, nothing too spectacular. A sneaky uh, goal? No, <laughs> unfortunately. A um, point? No. Um, so at one point, listener of the show, Ryan, thought it would be a good idea to put me at Rock Rover. <laughs> Fucking stitching me up by doing that shit. He knew what he was doing. And yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no. That, that... Fucking ribbon a half, that's for sure, brother. And um, yeah. But there was a bloke that plays for the other team that I bowl against on Tuesday nights. Ooh. And he happened to be the Ruck Rover for that team. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I know he's not a listener of the show, but if somehow he happens to stumble across this audio, the audio for this, uh, sorry about what happened to your shins. <laughs> sorry 
sorry about that stud rake. Um, <laughs> sorry about, you know, the free kick I gave to you where I basically hung off your neck. I basically gave him a zigzag. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then I had, him on, I had him on the ground at one point, and I knew his missus, who I also bowl with, was there because she was trash-talking me when I was on the bench. So she was right near the bench. And I flattened him. I've got a knee on his chest. And I waved at his missus. (laughs) (laughs) Who's really a fan of Logan Paul? Oh, mate. Mate, as I said, and as I was doing it, I said, I'm waving at your missus right now, cuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was also a situation where I decided I would go full Roman Reigns and, like, completely soak my hair and just not tie it up or anything, just let it all loose. And unfortunately, that meant a few times my hair got in the way and I couldn't fucking see. And I I thought this dude had the ball still. So I grabbed him and just fucking flung him to the ground. Like yeah. almost like a super lazy German suplex. Um and I flung him to the ground and then he gets up and he's like, I don't even fucking have the ball. And he starts pushing me, he's looking for a fight. I start pushing him back and I said, It's two's footy, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Why are you getting so mad? Uh. <laughs> and then um, yeah, the uh so I just got involved in all the dirty work, as it was. None, <laughs> none of the glory, just, yeah, all, all that sort of uh, push and shove, all that sort of stuff. At one point, like, yeah, it was the start of the fourth quarter. At three-quarter time, I'm looking at the whiteboard, and I had no idea where my name was. I was like, oh, fuck, where's he put me? And then I, it's because I never bothered to look in the fucking followers section of the whiteboard to find my name. And then, yeah, lo and behold, it's in the Ruck Rover slot. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I realized at the start of the fourth quarter, I was playing on my mate from the bowling alley. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, you you on me? I was like, yeah, I won't be for too long. They said to run until I can't run anymore. And it won't be too long. And I was like, you want to put on a show for your missus? He goes, yeah, all right. So we started pushing each other. <laughs> <laughs> ever the worker, my friend, ever the worker. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, piece. Yeah, yeah. Oh, legs are still a bit jelly somehow. Um, did, drank, did, concussed? did not get concussed or injured somehow. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so surprised, but yeah, I was really worried about that. Um, Ryan said, like, your play, like, my first half, I barely did shit. And he's like, you're playing like you're scared of getting hurt. Stop doing that. (laughs) I was like, yeah, all right. He's like, just just go in there and try to get the ball because you're scared of it. I was like, yeah, but if I go in and get the ball, I'll get hurt. He goes, then I would have been better off playing with a man down. Yeah, all right, fair enough. 
I'll have a crack. <laughs> and yeah, then I started getting a bit of the ball. I I had a big long kick into the forward fifty from the from the um, center circle. Oh yeah. When when I was playing Rock Rover. <laughs> so tried to be a playmaker. Unfortunately, um it was a fucking hospital kick. But <laughs> yeah, it was a big old hospital kick that just sort of just hung in the air and gave the defenders enough time to just slaughter the forward in the fifty. But <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then after the game had about 10 or 12 free beers and I was absolutely shit-faced because I forgot how easy it is to get hammered after playing footy. And and Eliza can attest to this. By about 7 o'clock, I was throwing up in the toilet. By 8 o'clock, I was half asleep in a bathtub. Oh, boy. That does not sound fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I had fun. Turns out I can't relive the uh, the days of my past where I was able to go out for a whole weekend after playing footy and just carry on forever. I don't have that anymore. But in other news, it's fucking almost all in time. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, I suppose... Uh... Let's talk some wrestling because that's what this is. Uh, yeah, yeah, no one. Uh, oh, yeah, and I literally hung up my footy boots in front of everyone and said, "Don't call me again." <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did see that photo going around on your socials. Um, so I guess a couple of things of note here. Uh, firstly, it's not the Lucha Bros tag team; it's just Penta because Ray. Phoenix has visa issues getting into the UK. Okay. Yeah, this uh, broke today. I see it on socials before uh, we jumped on. Okay, I, I haven't even seen that yet, so there you go. Yeah. Um, and then uh, stuff coming out with uh, Cash Wheeler. Jesus Christ. Like, I get that he wants to be to like Mark. <laughs> Yeah, but Jesus Christ, he pulled out the Glock. It sounds like he did exactly what Arn Anderson was talking about in that promo. Yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, who's everyone compared FTR to for a lot of their their run in AEW? Yep. The Brain Busters. Yep, exactly. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So uh, Cash had a hearing from... All reports he isn't on um, bail, or uh, sorry, he's not under arrest, and he didn't have to surrender his passport, so he can yeah. leave the country. Yeah, well, I think it's gone from the old meme of FTR bold and FTR hair to FTR bold and FTR aggravated assault with a firearm. Um, Jesus Christ, though, it's like. I don't know, man. Like, it's a bit fucking dumb. I I don't know the full situation, but I can't imagine a situation where I get that bad of road rage, I pull out a gun. Is it something like a a difference in culture because we're Aussies? Yeah, I guess. It's like, I've got a gun. Texas. Yeah, yeah. I mean... 
it happened in Florida, didn't it? So that's Florida. So that explains a lot more, to be honest. Um, that's probably worse than Texas these days. Um, yeah, it's just uh, I can't I can't ever conceive of a situation where I would do that. But I guess that's that's us being Aussies. Yep. Uh, anything else of note? I guess the other match got confirmed for the real world championship. Yeah, Punk and Joe. I mean, it'll... it sounded like I said Pumpkin Joe. Oh, what's old Pumpkin Joe up to? Um, yeah, Punk versus Joe is a interesting match. I don't know if it's a 80,000 people in a stadium sort of match. Oh, and that's a lot of what this uh, this card is, isn't it? I, I, I mean, I, I know you didn't watch Collision, but there was a GTS punk hit on Joe on Collision on Sunday, and it is the saddest-looking GTS it was absolutely horrendous, and if that's what we got to look forward to it, at Wembley, geez, colour me uninterested. Did Punk still have the mask when he hit it? Because I did see yeah. the um the clip going around online. He, he he did have the mask on, and it looked like Joe accidentally half pulled the mask in front of Punk's eyes. That's why I was thinking too. Maybe the mask wasn't. Where it should have been sitting. Yeah. So uh, yeah. benefit. Yeah. yeah, I'll definitely give give that as a disclaimer. But also, like, can we not like do a trial run before the show? Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, yeah. I mean, no. We need the people in the building for the seven hours of Ring of Honor television. We need to take. I mean, is it that hard to even try it, like, backstage? It doesn't have to be in the ring to do it. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, this is this weekend, isn't it? It sure is. Uh, what are we looking at, like, 3 a.m. Uh, our time? Hey? Very good, 3 a.m. 3 a.m. I was talking with Ryan last night. Oh, should we jokingly just, like, do a gap? gathering at 3am at my place to watch all in and I was expecting a big fuck no and he goes I think I could probably do it I was like oh no no it's going to be one of those things where oh shit I'm going to have to commit to this now (laughs) Uh, the missus said no I'm so sorry that'll be awkward too because she gets up for work before me so when she gets up in the morning and then I'm just there, like, with my mates, probably eating chips, <laughs> watching the wrestling, she's going to be like, what the fuck is going on here? Why now? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah, run that one. Pass yeah. Considering how uh, well the 41 went. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Eliza did not come to watch me play footy. <laughs> I was busy oh. taking care of the 17 dogs you have at home. 
<laughs> yeah, well, now we're, we've gone from five to three. We're back to three. Ooh. But, yeah. Um, oh, geez. She's still a good woman. She picked me up when I was too drunk to drive home. <laughs> Even though it was just around the corner, I needed a lift. So yeah. she was, she's a good egg. She just uh, cares too much about me. So that's why we had a little, little tiff about me playing footy and it's all good now. Thank God. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Maybe after that, it, I might have to run a few more things by her first. <laughs> oh boy. Um, looking forward to all out as well. The following weekend. Announced is Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, that's good. I would have loved to have seen that at all in, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Let's put the European guy in a match, singles yeah. match for Chicago. Yep. Um, my problem with this is I don't think either one of these guys should be losing right now. Have Hobbs lose and just beat the shit out of QT and move on with his life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's an option. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what else have we got here this weekend, uh, past weekend? Uh, did you catch any of All-Star Junior Fest USA 2023? I did not. Did you? <laughs> no, but I saw who the winner was. Who was it? Uh, so the overall tournament winner defeating Kevin Knight was Mike Bailey. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, big things in his future. Do New Japan try to sign him away from uh, Impact? Yes, they probably do. Uh, he seems like someone Tony Khan would throw a lot of money at too, but I would argue there is no need for a Mike Bailey yet. In AEW, no. No. I mean, Mike, Mike Bailey kind of, like, fits the role Nick Wayne is filling. That's also true, yeah. Mm. And yeah. if you bring in Mike Bailey, you have no more need for a Nick Wayne. Also true. Yeah. Um, did you happen to catch any of Multiverse United 2, for whom the bell tolls? No, what happened here? Japan Impact. Uh, it feels like Impact is having better forbidden door shows than AEW with New Japan. Not surprised. Um, let's see. Oh, we've got the the women's New Japan champion on this show. Julia defeating Giselle Shaw, Diana Perazzo, and Momo Kogo via pinfall in a four-way match for the women's strong titles. Uh, we saw Eddie yep. Edwards Moose defeat TMDK, Shane Hayes, and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, what else of note was on here? Um, you had Sammy Callahan defeat Doki. Catch 2-2, TJP and Francisco Kira defeat TMDK's Vegeta and Robbie Eagles. Uh, we had uh, main eventing Alex Shelley defeats Tanahashi via pinfall after 18 minutes to retain the Impact World title. Huh. Yeah, yeah, something different. Um, uh, how how was Tana? 
he's getting old. Uh, it's it's all right. So that wasn't just a phase that is still happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. bugger. It is. Uh, yeah. Off to the dad division, Tana. Was this today? Uh, NXT Heatwave. Yeah. Did you happen to catch any of it? Uh, no, I did read a couple of results and that the Creed brothers who lost a match to no longer be in NXT are now back in NXT for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiots. Okay. Um, let's see. I did see a promo on here with the women's champ saying that he's going to be the best uh, NXT women's champ better than Becky Lynch and then Becky Lynch re I guess not retweeted, re-exed saying, I was never NXT women's champ but it has a nice ring to it or something to that effect Oh, what a fucking idiot <laughs> uh, they, ha- they have a million fucking writers, can they at least fact check some shit? That involves their own independent brain power uh, Judgment Day here losing their mixed tag match because um, uh, what's her name Raquel end up running in on uh, Rhea. Yeah, I mean uh, anything else of note from this show that you heard? Uh, not really. I did see that Big E was backstage and he took a photo holding his old NXT title with Carmelo Hayes holding his current NXT title. Cool little that's, thing. That's cool. Uh, yeah, besides that, let me just quickly check the 434, see if I missed anything of major note, because they're good at just, like, recapping shows in quick little forms for me. Um, Yeah, Carmelo Hayes beats Wesley to retain the title. Next week, the Creed Brothers versus the Dyad in a steel cage match. The Creed Brothers? Yep. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, Baron Corbin and Von Wagner get into a brawl Bron Breaker comes out and takes out Von Wagner with a spear and Bron Breaker is wearing a t-shirt that says best spear in the business okay Um, maybe currently yeah maybe not of all time fucking hell Um, that's Rhino not a spear (laughs) <laughs> he noticed <laughs> uh, Trick Williams Lost to Ilya Dragunov Thank god Yeah um, Ivy Nile had a match against The Rock's daughter uh, I wonder if she's gotten any better Yeah Besides <laughs> Yeah Oh god Um yeah. No, Noam Dar beats Nathan Frazier to win the Heritage Cup trophy. Oh, he won it back after his injury. Yay. Yay. Uh, Noam Dar's got some interesting hair these days. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, hang on. I'll save this photo and send it to you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He's rocking some, like, pigtail braids with some red in his hair. Oh, that certainly would be an interesting choice. 
Um, oh, what's her name from PWA? Um, teamed with SMS for a while. Belle. Oh, oh, the chick, right? You know who I mean, sort of a hippie bohemian yeah, persona. Fuck. What was her name? Um, Belle Pierce. Belle Pierce. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's what this hair looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like her. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, certainly an interesting hair choice. Uh, good work. Noam Dar needs more Alicia Fox in your groupies. Yep, yep for sure. Uh, I've heard that Alicia Fox is starting to do indies wrestling now. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, like the entire time that she's been out of the company, she hasn't done that, and now she's finally doing it. So good for her. I think she wanted to get her life sorted out with uh, how she got released. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Are you going to catch NWA's 75th anniversary from this week for this weekend? If I have free time, which when is it on? Uh, I can have a look. Give me a second. Starts 10 a.m. the 27th, which I think Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Monday. So starts 10 a.m. Sunday. Yeah, nah, nah, I'm not going to then. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not going to choose to watch that over Collision, even if I don't like Collision that much. <laughs> okay, um, just a note that I can see here. Uh, we have a Camille versus Natalia Makova. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, if I mispronounce that. A no limits match for the NWA World Women's Championship uh, is the headliner, or at least the advertised headliner for night one. Night two, we'll see. Nobody's boy, Tyrus, defending the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship against EC3 in a ball rope match. If Tyrus loses, he must retire from in-ring competition. Oh, my God. I've never wanted EC3 to win more in my life. Uh, but that pretty much screams that it, he's not going to lose. Um so, do you remember who EC3's bodyguard was when he first started doing the EC3 character in Impact? Yes, it was Tyrus. Yeah. I, I hope, I, I haven't been watching NWA much, but I hope they've at least been touching on that. Like, their yeah. history together. But, because it does make sense, but fuck me, that is not an NWA title feud. <laughs> Yeah, a, a lot of the stuff for for night one will play into night two. Like, there's number one contenders matches as well as the ch some championships being defended on night one that will determine matches for night two. Right. Uh, so yeah, interesting. Uh, the winner of uh, Camille's match for the women's title will take on the winner of the, I'm guessing it's Mildred Burke Invitational Gauntlet. Okay. Uh, of note there, Alison Kay, Heather Munro, MJ Jenkins. 
Yeah, a couple, couple of people there I recognise at least. Uh, there's two matches announced here with no day announced. Tom Ladner versus Chris Adonis for the World TV title and Kenzie Page versus a participant to be announced for the women's TV title. Interesting. Yeah. I mean... I hope they do well, but it's just one of those things where NWA's here and then nobody will talk about it for three months. Yeah, yeah. Remember how much hype that company had after Empowered? Yeah, and then nothing. Nothing. Uh, geez, it is a big week of wrestling. Uh, Impact has emergence this weekend as well. Like, I get that. They like to try to make these, like, every time one of the major promotions has a big show, we'll try to make it a full fucking weekend thing while wrestling's on people's minds. But it gets a bit much sometimes. So we've got, we've got, uh, what is it, all in from uh, AEW. We've got the NWA 75th anniversary. We've got Impact em- Emergence. Uh WWE NXT had Heatwave as a TV special. AEW's got Fighter Fest all week as TV specials. Yeah. yeah it's a, it gets a bit much. Okay, uh, checking out the, the uh, announced card, at least at the moment. So you have Trinity versus Deanna Perazzo for the Impact Knockouts title. Mm. Should be fine. Yeah, that should be good. Uh, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of Impact lately. How has Trinity's title run been? Uh, to me, as a big fan of Deanna Perazzo, it's a step down. I, I get why they did it, name, value, and are trying to get some eyes and some dollars on Impact. But uh... And, I mean, by putting the belt on her, it's... Like a nod to the history of Impact Wrestling. Oh, oh yeah, you you left WWE. All right, come here. We got a belt for you. Jeff Hardy, come on down and sit on top of this cage. Mister Anderson, you're world champ now. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, happened to Mister Anderson? I saw a photo recently and he's like got a completely bald head and a beard and he kind of looks badass. But yeah, I think he's a bit old now. Did he just get injured and just stop wrestling? He's got a wrestling school. I know that. Um, Yeah, I don't think he wrestles too often because, yeah, he had a lot of injuries. Yeah. Okay. uh, Let's see. We've also, uh, looking at the women's matches here, we've got a four-way tag team match for the Knockouts tag team titles that will see defending champs MK Ultra, not to be confused with MK Plus Ultra. So that will be Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich, defending champions, taking on Giselle Shaw and Savannah Evans, also versus the Death Dolls, it's marketed here as Courtney Rush and Jessica versus Coven, T- Taylor Wilde, and Kylan King. Yeah. All these women have been tag champs except Giselle Shaw? 
in Impact, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we'll get new champs. Yeah. I mean, do something with Giselle Shaw. Yes. Someone the gimmick's to... all there. The gimmick's all there. Like, I do think she's still very green in ring, but the gimmick is all there. The charisma's there. She she knows how to hold a crowd's attention, so do something with her. It doesn't always have to be about who's the best in ring when you got so many of the other intangible qualities. Yes, the quintessential diva. Imagine if we had a match of Giselle Shaw versus Candy Lee at Impact Down Under. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> All the marbles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, men's Tag Team Championship will be Subculture, Mandrews and Flash Morgan Webster defending against the Rascals, Trey Miguel and Zach Wentz. That is wild. It wasn't <laughs> that long ago that... You know, at least three out of the four of these men could have been doing this in NXT. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, What else we got on here? An eight-man tag of Time Machine, Shelly, Saban, and Kushida with Josh Alexander against Bully Ray, Brian Myers, Moose, and Leo Rush. And for some reason, a singles match of Jake something against IWGP World Champion Sonata. What? <laughs> Sonata's what? still IWGP World Champ, right? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Jake, Jake something's getting Sonata? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think Jake something is a guy that Impact should be doing a lot with. He's got the build. He can wrestle. He's got, he's got charisma. But Jesus Christ, this seems like out of the blue. What What's worse for Sonata as IWGP World Champ? Jake something at Impact or Jack Perry at Forbidden Door? And I mean, like, if he had Jack Perry, like, a couple of weeks later it would have been better than the Jack Perry he got because he got the blandest, completely stale, baby-faced Jack Jack Perry. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Jake something's better. (laughs) Okay, we'll see how that match goes on paper. Uh, This one should be available if you've got Impact Plus. Yeah. But, okay, Jake something, there you go. Good on you, mate. Um, other than that, uh, where is fight? Because is it this weekend that we see GCW come down under? I think so, yeah. Uh, let me just have a quick look over yonder. Did you have to catch any clips? I saw a photo going around of your boy Cardona and um, Steph Delander being beaten up by Nick Gage and... Is it Mackie Edo? Yeah, yeah. And um, they did a fucking Ghostbusters entrance, which, by the way, for the longest time, I had this whole fucking elaborate thing written out for Fugs for the Steiner brothers to come out at Halloween Havoc dressed up as the Ghostbusters 
and have a version of the Ghostbusters theme song where it's like, if there's someone fat in your neighborhood, who you going to call? Fat Busters. And it was going to be that. But fucking Steph and Cardona did it. They did that, except they were the Deathmatch Busters. And they changed the song. They came out in the fucking Ghostbusters car like I've fantasy wrote for the Steiner brothers versus the Dudleys. Um, but uh, I'm just going to get back to the woodwork on that one. Uh, yeah. Hang on. Um, yeah, but fucking amazing, amazing. The um, Deathmatch Busters. Uh, yeah, have you seen that uh, Cardona made up a women's internet championship for Steph DeLander? No. Yeah, so she's got uh, like her version of the internet title as well. It's just a smaller version of his. Friends. Ah, it just looks like it's got Steph's face on the front. Yeah, instead of Cardona's. Cardona's. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, who would have thought Steph got delete, uh, released from WWE and is, like, one of the hottest free agents on the indies right now? Yeah, unreal, right? Insane. Um, So, if you have as I'm looking over at Game Changer Wrestling on Fight, if you have... Oh, what's the goddamn word? Fight Plus. You should be able to get this. It appears it's going to be airing on, like, a a 12-hour delay. Uh, and, yeah, it appears it's going to be airing on a 12-hour delay. Uh, but you should be able to watch the events this weekend. So the first night is the 25th, and it says on here airing the 26th at 9 a.m. Will you be catching any of these uh, shows? Uh, I think I will, yeah. Um, I definitely want to see... Who is it? It's um, the Bastard Brothers versus Janella and JXT. Uh, give me a second. I can have a look for you. Yeah, JXT and having a, a couple of matches, I think. Uh, what am I looking for? So that'll be uh, sat on Saturday in Melbourne. Yeah, uh, the Bastard Brothers versus JXT and Joey Janela. Um, they're <laughs> taking suggestions. JXT's been taking s suggestions to name the tag team. Um, yeah, some of the fans have written in, um, Game Changer Sesh Gremlins, <laughs> uh, Deported and Disorderly, the JJ, good. the JJs, the Bad Sticks, uh, some of these are shit. Yeah, um, the Triple J Stick. Yeah, that one's, that one's good if you know what it's a reference to. Yeah, um... Yeah, now some of them are pretty shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, 
looking at at night one here, which is Sydney, Charlie Evans versus Macchiato, tag team match of Back Payne, Backman, and Jack Payne versus the Bastard Brothers, Gore and Cracker Jack, a three way match of Robbie Eagles, Lockie Hendricks, and Evident Connors. Uh, apologies if I mispronounce that. Ring, uh, I was almost going to say Ring of Honor. Renegades of Wrestling Women's Championship. Defending champ Asia will take on Steph DeLander and Lena Cross. A tag team match of Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie take on PPK, Frankie B, and Nikki Van Blair. Fuck, that should be an actually interesting match. Mm, yeah, for sure. Effie, book Nikki Van Blair for the next Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Please. WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, I'm just hoping that, like, these GCW guys are coming over and wrestling these Aussie guys have been, and they're just taking notes, like, all right, we need to bring this person over. Mm. Uh, I I have a really big feeling this is going to lead to JXC going back over to GCW. Fingers if he crossed. Doesn't, if he doesn't have issues with his visa again, it feels like like Joey Janela is one of the main fucking guys over in JCW, and Joey Janela is always keen as hell to work with JXT. I mean, yeah. you th- think back to that WSW tour where JXT basically wrestled with a torn ACL just to wrestle Joey Janela. That's also true, yeah. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, Janela just seems to have a soft spot for the J-Stick, as we all do. Yeah. Uh, last two matches for night one in Sydney. Gringo Loco versus El Hero Del Vikingo. Yes, the same man who was on a AWTV a few weeks ago, I guess months ago at this stage. And uh, Renegades of Wrestling Men's Championship. Caveman Ugg, the defending champ against Joey Janela. Unreal. Night two, Melbourne. Melbourne Pavilion. I'm not familiar with that venue. Me neither. Okay. Uh, so we have Lockie Hendricks versus Effie. A four-way match of Charlie Evans versus Ali Catch versus Steph DeLander. Okay, this one says four-way match, but there's only three participants announced. Uh, might be a typo there. Tag team match of Joe Janela and JXT versus the Bastard Brothers Gore and Cracker Jack. A Wrestle Rock Championship six-way scramble match that'll see Jake Andrew Arthur, the champion, versus Funtime Phil, Murdoch, Ann Carver, Jarvis, and Levi Nixon. Uh, Renegades of cha- of Renegades of Wrestling Women's Championship, Asia versus Maki Ito, provided Asia retains on night one. Yeah. Singles match of El Hero Del Vaquino versus Edmund Asman. Okay. And, uh, uh, Renegades of Wrestling Championship match of Ugg versus Gringo Loco, provided Ugg retains against Joe Janela on night one. Yeah, so so basically they've given away the result for the Janela Ugg thing because they're not just gonna have Janela 
uh, fit into the main event night too if he wins because he's already got a tag patch booked. Yeah. Yeah, I hate shit like that. Um, night three, Brisbane. Yeah. We'll see Joe Janela versus Outback Adam. Hopefully he has a Steve the Croc by ringside. Perfect. A tag team match of punk drunk AJ Istria and Steph DeLander versus a team of Charlie Evans and Everett Connors. Oh, uh, perfect. This will be shades of a uh, death match down under. Yep. Punch drunk and uh, Evans. Gringo Loco versus Tim Hayden. Effie versus Bobby Bishop versus Cockroach in a freeway match. Makiito versus Ali Catch. El Hero Di Vicino versus Mitch Ryder. Oh, so we've got a few of uh, top tier on this show. Hopefully uh, Todd also makes an appearance. Yeah. And uh, Renegades of Wrestling Men's Championship. Caveman I've provided he retains both nights will take on Solomon Blackwell. Solomon Blackwell? Okay. Yeah, uh, so not free Brisbane. Interesting to see what will happen there. Uh, yeah, so it appears with the listing on fight, they'll be uploaded on a 12-hour-ish um, a tape delay, so uploaded the next morning. So I'm guessing they're going to edit overnight and then upload before yeah. uh, travelling the next day. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, hopefully... Hopefully uh, these get a fair bit of buzz uh, with people uh, checking this out. And the the upload time might also be a thing, given it's GCW, the main partner of this tour, so it might be to accommodate for the North American market there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Anything else really this week? Because we are recording on a Wednesday, and we did speak on a um, Friday. I guess uh, Edge? Edge, uh, he had his match with Sheamus. It's the only thing I saw from SmackDown. Saturday was a pretty big day for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, really good match. Seems like he's retired from yep. wrestling or at least in the WWE. Um, happened in Toronto, perfect way to go out. He is apparently really close with Sheamus. I think Ed should have lost. I'm old school. If you're retiring, lose on the way out. Put someone over. Is there any young people on the SmackDown roster he could have put over? Yep. That that, that one he beat in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember back. who that was. He had a match with Waller in the garden. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy he could have lost to. Um, not the biggest fan of him, but Theory, I mean, yeah. they love him. Um, they Never before has someone gotten so little reaction after getting such a huge push after beating John Cena. At WrestleMania, Jesus Christ! Um, yeah, it's almost it's, like it's he. Almost... Go on. 
Yeah, it's almost like he beat John Cena and it's killed any buzz about him. Yeah, it's almost like you forgot he was US champ for six months, it feels like. Yeah, and but yeah, there's definitely options. And, you know, losing to Sheamus wouldn't have been too bad either because Sheamus has been amazing lately. Oh, so true. Uh, anything? Oh, I suppose uh, the men's tag champs are back. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And um, they did the same old fucking six-man tag. Cody and Kevin Sammy versus the Judgment Day, which feels like before Kev got injured, that's all they did on Raw. It's like, and yeah. someone put up on Twitter, I can't find it, but someone put up on Twitter that it was the exact same finish to the match that they did like a couple of months ago with these six. Like, I past them. Yeah, it's like, yeah, th- they totally, like, have a couple of ideas for Raw, and then the rest is just like, oh, let's see what we can get away with. Um, yeah, and I guess it seems like we're setting up a Cody Rhodes versus JD McDonough feud. What the fuck? Yeah, why? Like, he goes from... Roman to Brock to JD McDonough. Yeah, that that Brock <laughs> trilogy really set him up well for his next opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just had to, you know, get his get a bit of a rub off Brock Lesnar, so he had some credibility against JD McDonough. Don't you mean you, bubblehead guy? Bubblehead guy. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Um, to be fair, it's true. Um, bury him before. Oh yeah, big time, big time, big time. Um, yeah, but fuck me, like it's not like anyone's gonna believe JD's gonna win anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Survivor Series is late November in Rosemont, Illinois. Yeah. So far, it's not branded as Survivor Series. What? Uh, not branded as War Games, sorry. It's branded oh. as playing Survivor Series. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not going to do the War Games thing this year. But you got Cody. I know. I think it would be fucking hilarious if Cody always just keeps just missing out on doing a War Games match. Like he did in AEW, he missed out on doing Blood and Guts. Yeah. And then last year, if he didn't get injured, he probably would have been in that War Games match. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the idea of this just being an elaborate rib. But also, I think the War Games thing could be its own fucking pay-per-view. You don't need to tack it onto Survivor Series. So, at the moment, I'm just having a look at their upcoming pay-per-views. They've got Payback September 2nd. Is that the same weekend as All All Out? I think it is. Oh, fuck. Uh, (laughs) No Mercy, which is an NXT event, end of September. Fastlane, 7th of October. 
uh, no named event in Saudi Arabia, 4th of November, Survivor Series, 25th November. I think that, and there's rumours of some event in India that John Cena's going to be at. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Um, I, I think, like, fucking February... Do no way out again and just have war games in that. Yeah. Just what switch it between the chamber and Yeah. War games, whatever the stipulation calls oh, for. C- could you imagine how sweet a double ring elimination chamber would look? <laughs> It'd be a bit excessive. But fuck me, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm surprised Vince hasn't come in with that yet. Screw your war games. We're going to have double elimination chamber. Yeah. Yeah, nah. (laughs) And the only way you get eliminated is if you get eliminated twice. (laughs) It's double elimination. What was that war games where it was like triple way you've got to go through layers to get the contract? The what? The, wasn't there like some war games where it was like triple layered and you had to climb up the cage to win? Or was are that another sh- cage match? Are you sure you're not thinking of the the thing I did in Fugs? <laughs> Well, I put a, a contract on top of a, a on top of a triple cage, and it was a war game style match with the teams. And yeah, no, that's what I did in Fugs, bro. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm having an impact on his wrestling brain. Well, that's not hard to do. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, enjoy the the. 20,000 hours of content this weekend. Your three Renegades of Wrestling show, your two NWA shows, your Impact show, whatever Stardom and New Japan actually have going on. Jeez. It's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. I suppose the last thing here before we uh, get ready to sign off. Alex, did you notice that it came Le Home? He came left home. Yay. Yeah, no World Cup for England. Yeah, good. And then somebody put out like a graphic of all the World Cups that England have lost this year. It was like men's ashes, women's ashes, uh, something else, the netball, and now the fever football women's World Cup. Yeah. But speaking of things coming home, let's talk about since since 1995, it's finally Carlton home. It's Carlton home. Has it been uh, that long since we've played finals? No, uh, since we won a flag. But uh, 2013 was the last time we played finals, and that was all because of your team. Thank you very much for being naughty boys because we became the most successful ninth place team in history. (laughs) Ah, yes. I forgot about that. 
Yeah, and we beat Richmond in the first round. and Yeah, thus cementing the greatest ninth-place team of all time, and we haven't been to the finals since. Somebody sent me a thing today. It's like, Eston can still make finals. You just need to beat Collingwood 180 to 30 and have the Giants lose to Carlton 150 to 14 or something. And thus, Essendon will have a percentage greater by 1% than the Giants. Oh, my God. And sneak into finals. <laughs> oh, God. So you tell me there's a chance. There's a, there's always a chance. Oh, my God. <laughs> but after God. last week, we don't deserve to be there. <laughs> I can't believe the role my team is on right now. Because I stopped watching them this season because... I stopped watching him after the fucking Essendon game where you guys beat us. Oh, I stayed <laughs> up too much. No, no, I was like, nah, my fucking team sucks. Fuck Mackay, he's a dickhead. I hate him. <laughs> I hate my fucking team. And then I stopped watching and then it's like, oh, Mackay's been out and now we're doing really good. Uh, um, Yeah. It could always be worse. You could have no team. I don't know where that's going. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it could be worse. I'm just having a look now. Eston do not deserve to buy finals. Uh, where's Carlton in the reserves? Did you just make finals in the resis? No, you missed out. You finished 11th. Uh, yay. You just missed it on percentage. Of course. Ah, uh, well. But um, I suppose with all that being said, enjoy all the shows and we'll speak to you sometime later in the week or next week or next year or whenever I'm not sick and have good internet. Where can the good humans find you, Alex? Uh, you can find me at Freddy's Alex on social media. Uh, you can find us at WrestleOzStyle on uh, the tweety thingy X, fuck, I don't know, and Instagram, WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStyle. You can find Chris at... At IronChrisFunder or at IronChrisFunder. No, or at ChrisFunder on Twitter. <laughs> Twitch. Fuck. <laughs> what time are we Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you, uh, pal. <laughs> you go back, listen to the entire Wrestling All Style archive on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or using the RSS feed found the shows below for your podcast choice, including Apple and occasional content on YouTube. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. So, um, I heard a rumor that you're going to start getting ready for preseason putting the boots back on, one last run, one last kick in Corion. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'll come down and join you, will I? <laughs> uh, I think it's time that you got the footy closure I got, mate. No, I got enough of that a number of years ago. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Happy All In, folks, by the way. We didn't yeah. really review, like, preview the matches because we kind of talked a lot about it last week but yeah fuck I'm not looking forward to getting up early but I'm going to because I'd oh and I forgot to talk about 
fucking Logan Paul and his boxing partner had a fucking crazy ass press conference. Search it up for their boxing fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It involved crazy shit. Um, his opponent, like, basically called Logan Paul's fiance a SLU. Yeah, um, a lot. And Logan Paul, like, threw cake at his opponent. It was fucking wrestling, man. And then I saw an interview with fucking his opponent, and he was just wearing a random-ass fucking WWF Attitude T-shirt. <laughs> it's a work. Yeah. I'm like, this is... Oh, YouTube boxing's so fake. And then, like, KSI had a fucking stare-down with uh, Tyson Fury's brother, who's going to be his opponent, and KSI goes on this corny-ass speech about how different he is I'm different. I know what the dog's doing. I'm different. When I go into a gym, the treadmill starts doing push-ups. I'm different. That I'm so different. I can see John Cena. It's like, oh, oh, I regret being your fan now, fucking idiot. Anyway, lots of cool shit happening. Logan Paul looks like fucking huge compared to non-wrestlers, by the way. Yeah, like, you know, when you say wrestlers out of a wrestling setting and it's like, holy shit, no, they're enormous. Logan Paul's a fucking wrestler now. Earlier today about... WrestleMania. Well, up next, the maniacal prophet who spews his own brand of doctrine, Bray Wyatt versus the man who has made WrestleMania his home, John Cena. Bray Wyatt, with one thought in his mind, destroy the legacy of John Cena. This is what I believe in. You work hard, you show up on time, you stay loyal to those who support you, you respect friends and enemies. That's my stance. Liar. Here I am, having worked day in and day out for 12 years now, trying to build this. That's what I want as my legacy. And a guy like Bray, he just wants to destroy everything I've worked my life to build. <laughs> Your heroes, children, they fight only for their own selfish vanity and greed. Hey, kids. All praise me to the virtue of what am I? I used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is falling. Why am I so differently wired? Am I a Martian? What kind of twisted experiment am I involved in? Because I don't belong in this world. That's why I'm scoffing at authority to find often. John Cena, you remind me of one of those thoroughbred horses. And he races, and he wins, and he wins, and the Time is up. Can't you hear her calling your name? And if you fall, I'll get you there. I'll be your savior from all the wars that are fall. I am afraid.
afraid of Bray Wyatt, but I believe. I believe in everything I've done, everything I stand for, and everything I will do. At WrestleMania, I will fight for my legacy. This is my legacy, legacy. And your fear is my power! I used to be the type of kid that would always think the sky is falling. Why am I so differently wired? Am I knocking? Cause sporadic as my thoughts come, it's mind boggling. Cause I obsess on everything. I have broken you, John. <laughs> I have broken you! But if this is all there is for me, life offers. Why bother even trying to put up a fight? It's nonsense. But I think a light bulb just lit up in my conscience. Hope is dead, as will be your I'm like Husky Harris. It's a weight that I can manage. Aww. You've been a disappointment since they brought you to the dance. You were for opportunity. You're blowing every chance. Chances? How dare you talk to me about chances, John Cena? I have had to earn everything I've ever been given in life, and still they're taken from me. You. You're the golden goose, John. Your chances, they're unlimited. You're untouchable. But you're not a hero, John. You're a bully. You're a horrible person. You take the weaknesses of others, and you turn them into jokes. You would do anything for fame, John. Congratulations. You're the man now, John. Poor, lonely John Cena. This is your last chance, man. The floor is yours. was the color red in a world full of black and white. I had the whole world in my hands. Abigail spoke of this day my entire life. You were supposed to be a man of the people. Then why weren't you listening?
But now, it's time to rewrite my own story. WrestleMania match is going to accomplish what should have happened six years ago. Ending the existence of the most overhyped, overvalued, overprivileged WWE superstar in existence.
I don't think the guy we're about to talk about next happens without a Terry Funk. No. So uh, the news broke this morning that he, uh, the former WWE champion Bray Wyatt passing away at the age of 36. Uh, yeah, been in the WWE system his entire career, uh, including FCW before NXT was a thing from 2009. Uh, son of IRS and the grandson of Hall of Famer Blackjack Mulligan. Yeah, uh, I knew Bray was sick. I didn't realize he had been uh, this sick. And again, well, we the, don't the, want to speculate. The... The, yeah, so Sean Ross Sapp has reported what is apparently being taken as proof, but I won't, like, the listeners can just check that out yeah. for themselves. I still just, I'll just wait a little bit before we talk about that. Um, the thing is, like, all reports, he was cleared to compete two weeks ago. That's what I heard from Meltzer. And then it was just, coming back. And then this just happened out of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah, there's, yeah, from what it sounds like, yeah, it's horrible, but I just think it's a little too early to talk about that because, yeah, it's just a little too soon. Um, but yeah, if it's true, that's horrible. Um, yeah. Is this. Without getting too dark, the first time an active wrestler on the WWE roster has passed since um, Benoit? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. Um, I think that's what's hitting a lot of uh, wrestling fans hard as well, that it's been so long. What's it been? It's been fucking 16 years? Roughly, yeah. Yeah, 16 years. <laughs> oh, fucking crazy, man. Um, yeah. Uh, the Obviously, the last time an active wrestler passed away uh, whilst under contract was Jay Briscoe. Yes. Um, and then... Mr. Brody Lee. Then Mr. Brody Lee. Um, but, yeah, in WWE... No, nah, it hasn't been anyone since Benoit. Um, Lance Cade was released like a week or two before he passed away. Umaga had just been released and then he passed away too. So they were like the two closest to for that. But yeah, it's crazy. It's also crazy that it's been that long for the WWE. Um, um from all reports, and this this is ah oh, fuck it, this is just put a major asterisk over everything I'm about to talk about. But it seems like from what Keith Lee posted, it seems like a very similar situation to when Keith Lee got sick. Oh shit! And Keith Lee was like in trouble, and yeah, Keith Lee has apparently been in contact with Ray during this. Um, so, yeah, it seems like a very similar situation. Bray just got the worst-case scenario. Um, but that's uh, all rumour and innuendo at this point in time. Um, man, 
I I read it. I read Triple H's tweet, and I immediately thought he was hacked. I just refused to believe it, and then I. And here's where I'm a fucking. I'm too much of a smart mark for my own fucking good. I I read the tweet, and it says WWE Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda. I was like, Triple H has been hacked. Mike Rotunda is not in the Hall of Fame. Oh. Because, yeah, in the tweet, it's like, uh, I've just gotten, I've just spoken to WWE Hall of Famer Mike Rotundo. Hang on, I know Alex sent that to me, so I can have a a looky-loo on the the uh, phone app. Uh, no, that one. Uh, hang on, it's just loading. Uh, oh, yeah, it does say from... WWE Hall of Fame, Mike Rotunda. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Triple H has been hacked because Mike Rotunda is not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I'm yeah. a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, but then, like, WWE retweeted it. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, shit. It was just like this, like, 20-minute, like, denial process I had. Where I was like, no, this can't be right. Yeah, because I messaged you and I sort of was just in shock for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's not good. Yeah, unreal. Um, yeah, it's got like, what, four or five kids? I don't know. Yeah, one who's fairly young too, unfortunately. A very young yeah. man. Does Bray leave behind? Yeah, uh, former ring announcer Jojo Offerman is his wife or partner i'm not sure if they were actually married or not but yeah um she has to be on total divas first season with eva marie imagine if imagine if bray was on total divas (laughs) but um, oh yeah (laughs) that'd be amazing but yeah oh man he was like the last guy that was like like, oh, you didn't really get to see the real him. And any time you got to see, like, a little glimpse of it, it was fucking compelling. Like, um, that first promo he did on SmackDown when he returned last year and he came back and he was like, the past two years I've lost everything. I lost my career. I lost two really important people in my life, but all, all you fans, it was like the first time you got to see like a bit of Wyndham instead of just Bray. And watching that back today, I completely forgot the start of that. There's the door shot and it looks like the beginning of the Mr. Brody Lee reveal promo. And that just yeah. hit me so hard. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, oh, I was not expecting that again. And that whole promo is like, that whole promo hits so much different now. It's, yeah, it's... I, I went back and I was like, oh, you know, I spent so much time the past, since he returned, shitting over everything he did. Let's be real, like... Yeah, no it's point. no secret we, we haven't been fans of this uh, return run of... Break. No, I'm speaking but, like it's still present tense. Yeah, well... Yeah. It might take a couple of days to actually sink in. Yeah, it's 
It's surreal. It's surreal. Um, like, I, I did not like his in-ring when he came back, but that was one match. Um, yeah. yeah, I was a bit iffy about the creative of stuff. But when he first came back, man, that first promo was amazing. His return was incredible at Extreme Rules. Yeah. Um, the build-up to it with the scan the QR code shit that everyone was frantically doing for months. Uh, that was all amazing, fun stuff. Um, it, it did sort of go off a bit of a deep end, but also, like, yeah, the health issues really sort of put an end to it. It seems like, yeah, not long after the rumble, um, the health issues started. And, yeah, and we just kept hearing these murmurs about Bray Wyatt's unwell, but we don't know what's happening. And, yeah, this just blew me away. I couldn't believe it when I was reading it. Um, yeah, it's just... And, like, you put it in perspective, like... Yeah, like I'm saying all this stuff, like Bray Wyatt, 87 to 2023. Well, I was born in 89. I'm only a couple of years younger than him. It's just like, shit, it can just go just like that. And that's the real chilling part about this. Like, it feels just like yesterday that I was reading his, like, tribute to Brody Lee on Instagram. And now here we are, like reading tributes about him and it's just yeah oh, i'm kind of all over the shop here just because i'm just kind of venting but yeah. let's talk about like uh favorite bray wyatt memories i will start it off like yeah. i fucking loved husky harris warwick you're a listener you can vouch for me that when that season of nxt started i think it might have just been because his pro was cody as well but, oh, that's but, right too, yeah. I was all about Husky Harris. I was, like, going to cricket and being like, yeah, I, I'm an army tank with a Ferrari engine. Husky Harris's catchphrase. But I'd always fuck it up and I'd always say, I'm a Ferrari tank with an army engine, whatever the fuck that means. Um, yeah, oh, man, I, I was a fan of him then. And then the whole Bray Wyatt thing started, like, with the with the boom, with the birth of the um, the NXT that we know now. Yes, uh, um, the closing down of FCW and the launch of NXT TV, I guess. Yeah, and then with that birth of that, version of NXT, we get Bray Wyatt. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, our first yeah. NXT tag champs were the Wyatt family? Uh, second or third, I believe. Se- second, yeah. It would have been second or third because it was um, Adrian Neville and that other dude, Oliver Gray or some <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, but they had an NXT tag title run and Bray's promos were just carrying everything. Um, they made it to the finals. They defeated yes. Percy Watson and Yoshi Tatsu in the opening round <laughs> and defeated Bo Dallas and Michael McGillicuddy in the second round. Oh, man. 
yeah, losing to uh, Adrian Neville, aka Puck, and yep. Oliver Gray, who's since uh, retired. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Second. Uh, second tag champs here, holding it for days recognized, sixty-nine days. Nice. Throw nice. <laughs> <laughs> up. Um, and then. Like, they get called up to the main roster and they had this feud with Kane, which was fucked. But was the this corporate were... Kane? No, this was the Demon Kane and they had a match at SummerSlam, Bray Wyatt versus Kane, and it was called the Ring of Fire match. Oh! I just it... remembered this. Yes, go it... on. It was an Inferno match, but you didn't have to burn your opponent. It was just a singles match in a flaming ring. <laughs> uh, give him credit for being different. <laughs> um, but, like, at this point, it was like, holy shit, these promos are unreal. And the, it's, it's like the first few years, that is the best, uh, my favorite version of the Bray Wyatt character. The fire buzzards. Yeah, where it's like more like Louisiana swamp psychopath instead of spooky boy with supernatural powers. The nineties character appeared on Raw for a very short. Waylon Mercy. Waylon Mercy. Um, hence why in the Firefly Funhouse, what is the name of the buzzard? Mercy. Mercy the Buzzard. (gasps) Follow the Buzzards, because Waylon Mercy helped Bray create Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I just got that. Yeah. (laughs) It's unreal, right? Yeah. He's really good at that. Bray Bray Wyatt was really good at, like, the little details, and... I think he has revolutionized like a lot of stuff in modern wrestling, like leaving the little Easter eggs here and there that we're starting to see now. Um, and I hope that that stays. It, it just, at points it got to this like supernatural thing that just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, but, you know, say what you want. But there was also some incredible wrestle crap stuff, like the swamp fight stuff. I like, yes, it was bad at the time, but it's fun to go back and watch. <laughs> it's honestly hilarious to go back and watch, or like the burned fiend thing, like melted oh, fiend, Alexa yeah. Bliss black goo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's bad, but sometimes bad wrestling is so good. Um. Is is back-to-back WrestleMania matches with puzzling results, losing in New Orleans, WrestleMania 30 to John Cena. Uh, Did I send you the video clip today? Yeah, yeah, so the humans will hear that in the the, uh, podcast here. I've already got all that stuff saved. Yeah, Uh, because that is one of the most underrated... Uh, wrestling video packages of all time. Uh, what was it? Legacy by Eminem. Yeah. Um, yeah, just incredible. Incredible. And that feud was incredible. 
I saw a promo from that feud. I think it was after the WrestleMania match where uh, John Cena's in the ring on Raw, is surrounded by a steel cage. I guess they're hyping up the cage match that they're eventually going to have. The lights go out, and then you just hear, like, a, a child singing. He's got the whole world in his hands, and then the lights go up, and it's just an entire choir of, like, 50 kids singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. And then Bray walks out with Harper and Rowan through the middle of him, and then all the kids surround the steel cage, and Bray Wyatt sits in his rocking chair, blows out the lantern, lights go out, lights come back on, and all the kids surrounding the cage have the sheep mask on, and it's just fucking goosebumps, man. It's so cool. So cool. So cool, man. Um, The next year's Mania, WrestleMania 31, play button, California, losing to Undertaker after the streak had been broken. Yeah. Um, I felt this could have been a passing of the torch of uh, spooky supernatural characters. Yeah. Um, this match was... It was okay. It was yeah. okay. Um, would that be... Would that be Taker's last good Mania match? <laughs> um, actually, actually, no, you're going to hate this, but... In terms of proper match, because the grave, uh, the boneyard match was actually pretty fucking good. But in terms of an actual match in a ring, I think Shane McMahon Hell in a Cell wasn't that bad. Yeah, let's just forward that uh, comment to Dan the Mouthful of Ransky and get his feedback. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then what's after the streak? Uh, after the streak. After the streak. Look. In my opinion, the last good match of the streak is always going to be that Punk match. At WrestleMania 29. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that was his last great Mania match. I mean, mean, like, possible. Possible Mania matches. It might have been Bray was the last possible one. Yeah. Everything else was kind of trash after that. Shane, Hell in a Cell. I mean, it's a Hell in a Cell match. Roman, yeah, like they get away with the spectacle of it. Roman at 33 is Cena is what, a coffee break match at 34? Yeah, that wasn't... That That's just... I feel like we got robbed of a proper Cena taker match. It and does my head in. AJ at 36. Yeah, yeah. and that's a good one. But yeah. that's a cinematic match, so... Asterisks. <laughs> yeah, asterisks. Um, uh, then they started breaking up and reforming the White family during this time, which sort of didn't help. I mean, I... As much as I have used in the past, I'm sure if the humans wanted to, you could find a compilation of me shitting on the maggots on the ring mat WrestleMania 33 match a lot. Because Who's I that do against Randy Orton. Oh, it is too. With the yeah, the maggots projected onto the ring. Um, as much as I shit on that, the story leading up to that was fucking incredible. With Randy joining the Wyatt family and Randy causing dissension between Harper and Wyatt, 
and you almost built a fucking main event star out of Luke Harper out of it, except you decided not to put him in the Mania match and not do anything with him again after that. But that was the right time for Bray Wyatt to win the title because that storyline was hot. Um, it's just the matches themselves because that that WrestleMania match was like, what the fuck are they doing? Why are there maggots on the ring mat? And then followed that with the, what was it, the House of Horrors? Oh, where the fridge falls on the camera. Yeah. Then, yeah. But story-wise, like, these feuds are always great. It's just, like, the matches are like, oh, you've gone a little too far with this. Um, Moves into teaming with Broken Matt, and we got that, like, one-off great backstage interaction between Bray, Matt, and Jeff Hardy. Yeah, with Seth and Finn at the very end. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, they're like, what the hell was that? And Jeff Hardy's just like shrugs his shoulders and walks off. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah, just hearing Bray call Jeff Br- Brother Nero. Brother Nero, man. Um, to a deletion match. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. That was before Matt and Bray joined together. It was like oh. in the build up to Mania. They had, like, a deletion match, Bray versus Matt, and then that took Bray out for, like, a month or or two, and then Bray returned at WrestleMania to help Matt win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Oh, yeah, that one's in New Orleans as well. So the two New Orleans Manias, he has a featured match against Cena that he loses, and then he's there to celebrate Matt Hardy's Andre the Giant. Battle which I've watched a clip of Ray helping Matt. Jim Ross was on commentary for that battle royal. Yeah, that would have to be like because that was 2018. That would have been close to like the last thing he ever did commentary for for the WWE. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like 2018. Like he then goes off, does New Japan for a bit, then yeah. AEW. So yeah, that would have to be have to be one of his last appearances. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, then Bray sort of goes away, comes back as this Firefly Funhouse character with the puppets. And, and, we've and this was amazing. At the at this point, it was fucking amazing because it was like, what the fuck is this? So we already mentioned Mercy the Buzzards, a, a reference to Wayland Mercy. Do you know? Ra- yeah, Ra- Ramblin' Rabbit, and that is a reference to the internet crowd saying that our oh, Bray Wyatt's promos are just rambles. Okay, Abby the Witch. I think that's just a reference to the lore of Sister Abigail. Okay. Huskus the pig boy. I mean, that's another reference to, like, a criticism of Bray Wyatt. Like, oh, he's just a fat guy. And also Huskus, Husky Harris. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Bossman. Oh, that's, yeah, that's Vince, (laughs) obviously. Such good shit. I mean, that was amazing. Um, Uh, Yeah. This time of Bray was fun and it was something fresh for him and something 
we hadn't really seen this split personality be performed like this with a big alter ego for a while. He performed it so well, man. So well. Insanely well. And builds up to the match at uh, that year's WrestleMania against John Cena. And, of course, it's a pandemic mania. And we get one of the greatest uses of cinematic matches yeah. the Firefly Funhouse match. And it's just his 20 years of John Cena, we're going to go through his entire back catalogue. It's There's incredible. Ruthless Absolutely. aggression. And then he's Doctor of Fuganomics where he can only talk in rhymes. But it's not only just that. It's yeah. like they do that Saturday night's main event thing where they're doing like a really 80s promo in front of like a blue steel cage. And it's like... It's referencing, like... So, like, that version of the Bray Wyatt character was very self-referential of online criticisms. And it was referencing uh, John Cena's just 80s Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Uh, uh, we go through rapping Cena. We get to... Uh, after that, there's... Uh, like hustle, loyalty, respect, Cena, and then we get NWO Cena. Yeah, and that's another self-referential thing where it's like, yeah, everyone wants you to turn heel, John. Be Hollywood Hogan. Yeah, I, I love how they just splice in the the bits there of Eric Bischoff and Bray's just saying it word for word, doing the little finger thing as he smiles. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. He's so good as that. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, it's... <sighs> to phrase something that I fucking hate hearing these days, it was cinema. <laughs> I never want to reference anything in wrestling ever again to being cinema except for that one thing. Yes. Mm. Cinematic matches are allowed to be cinema yeah we do not need a monologue in the middle of a wrestling match and then being like yeah but it's storytelling it's cinema no no, no. please don't um yeah so here avenging his uh loss from six years ago where they splice in the voiceover of the promo of john cena saying i'm going to end the most overhyped over talked about performer of the last six years and it's the theme pinning John Cena with the mandible claw and Bray mm. Wyatt counts the ball. Yeah, and John Cena, like, rarely has wrestled since then. So <laughs> it was a reference to John Cena, like, ending his, like, proper run as a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, he was ending his own career. and It was amazing. It was fucking incredible. But you know what sold that? What? what sold the entire fucking thing was when they cut back to the arena Ooh. afterwards, right? Yeah. And they just zoom in on Titus O'Neil just with his hand on his head, like <laughs> looking shocked, like, what the hell did I just watch? Oh, that's right, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they cut back to Titus. I forgot about that. Mm. Uh, um, sold hey. the whole fucking thing just with that because it's like okay we're not going to just pretend that didn't happen we're going to acknowledge it and be like okay yeah that was fucking weird 
good. <laughs> Anything else here of a variety that you want to touch on? Like, uh, yeah, like there's so much. The it's just a shame. It's just it really just does bum me out because there's so much left on the table. Like we never had that proper like Bray Wyatt babyface run. Like we, it seemed like we we're about to get it. Yeah. This year, but like, yeah, like there's money on the table left there because like him just being a real dude. That could have been huge. That's the end of Uncle Howdy. Was it ever revealed to be Bo Dallas? Yes. Well, not on TV, but yeah, yeah. it was confirmed, like various sources that it was Bo Dallas. Um, um, so I assume Bo's under some sort of contract. Then? Yes. Yes. So this is where you ask the hard question, where we ask the questions that are probably too soon asked, but do, do you do something with Bo out of this? Yeah, when the time's right, I guess Bo mm. comes back and you can even do like a, a send-off of the Firefly Funhouse. Like, do, even... you almost, do you almost do like Bo like sort of continues the Uncle Howdy thing in tribute? That's what we all thought Cody was doing with um, Stardust there for a while and then came out and he said, no, I hate the stupid idea. Yeah. Um, yes and no. Do you do a thing like just spitballing here, like Blue's Clues, how the original host left and the show kept going for a little bit? Do you do something like that to wrap up the Firefly Funhouse Uncle Howdy thing? Maybe, maybe. Um, the, uh, the the other two soon things to ask is, like, the SmackDown tomorrow. Do we just, do we do a full tribute show or do we just get, like, a couple of things here and there? I think it has to be a full tribute show, especially because it's someone on their roster. I think at very least we get everyone out on the ramp, 10-bell salute, kicking into a cold opener video package. Yeah. I, and I would... maybe Raw's going to be the tribute show once they can plan stuff out with the family, because this happened within the last 24 hours, and we're talking it happens like Thursday night American time. Yeah. 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 What time is SmackDown tomorrow? Because I will be setting an alarm to get up and watch live at least. Ten. Ten. Okay. They are human, SmackDown, 10 a.m. Eastern, Australian, Saturday. I wasn't planning on watching because it's Pokemon Go Fest, but I'm going to watch now. (laughs) You still play Pokemon Go. It's getting me into somewhat of a fit uh, condition. So, (laughs) yes, it makes doing exercise fun. (laughs) Yeah. 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 but, But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know, because he started something with Lashley, but that was so long ago, and then he was supposed to be coming back. I just think they do some sort of tribute. Yeah, for sure, for sure. that 
And when was the last time they did a full proper tribute show? Um, Eddie? Nah, oh, Benoit. Well, yes, that's the obvious one. Um, but I'm just trying to think, like, have they, like, done a full one since that? I'm not sure. Um, the first one was Pillman. Pillman, <laughs> Owen, those are the two that always come to mind, and that's the next two of Eddie and... But, but even the Pillman one was like, oh, 10 bells salute everyone on the stage. Middle of the show, you get a thing with Pillman's wife, which was incredibly distasteful, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. And then the end of the show was um, like a tribute to Pillman as well. Yep. But um, the Owen Hart thing was a full-on tribute show. Um, it was just matches and confessionals. I would like to see some confessionals, stuff like that. From all reports, like, this guy was, like, the life of the locker room. And this will also be the first WWE show since Terry Funk passed, so they might have double um, yeah, geez. memory screens at the start. Yeah, geez, yeah, they're going to have to do that too. Yeah, they might have to just do something for Terry at the start and then cut to a 10-bell for, for Bray and then maybe play a video package for Terry at some point as well. Yeah. Strowman's injured at the moment? Yeah. But you got to assume, like, if they're going to do, like, everyone out on the stage, Strowman will show up, I reckon. If he can get there with his if, if surgery. He, if he can, if he can get there, he'll be there. Um, Fitner um, is a free agent, isn't he? Right uh, Eric, Eric Rowan, yeah, yeah, he's a free agent. Okay. Um, I noticed AEW at the uh, top of their show did the uh, graphic for Terry Funk. Yeah, and they have posted a tribute for Bray Wyatt on their AEW Twitter as well. Okay, so we can expect that for either Rampage or Collision to be spliced in at the start. It'll be interesting to see, like, what sort of, like, tributes wrestlers do. Like, um... At all in. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, do, do you see someone, like, who... I, I'm not sure who who would be perfect for it, but, like, say the Malachi House of Black come out, do, you, do they fucking bring, bring a lantern, lantern or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, like, who else? Like, Moxley was apparently really tight with Bray. Like, do you see him do something in tribute to... to well, he's already uh, going to have his chainsaw. He's going to have his chainsaw, so are we going to see him? I just wanted um, to explain that's pure speculation. <laughs> no, he's going to have a chainsaw. We're going <laughs> to will it into existence. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Uh, just I just having mean, a quick look over the roster. There's not a lot of people who've had interaction with um punk and bray, bray had a punk and bray had a good little feud in 2013 towards the end there um yeah. i mean if danielson was wrestling like danielson's the guy to do something for bray yeah is danielson traveling over to the uk i don't know 
I don't know. Um, I mean, they've still got one unannounced person for that BCC team. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he'll be back in time, though. It's a broken freaking arm or whatever, so I don't don't know. But... Alexa Bliss is on maternity leave. Yeah. Where's she based? Like, what state? Uh, probably Florida. <laughs> That's I where mean, a lot of them are. Right? Yeah. It? Yeah. Let's go have a quick look at the cage match and see where SmackDown's taking place tomorrow, and then we'll um we'll probably wrap up here because it's going to be a big one. Uh, SmackDown, we are. Yeah, and it's a August. Friday night. Uh, I need to have dinner. <laughs> They'll be in Louisville, Kentucky. Interesting. So in they Cornette. can bring in. Yeah, I was just about to say they can bring in Cornette. Um, yeah, man. Oh, it's like the crazy thing is, like, we're talking about Roman Reigns' title reign. Who did he beat for it? Who was the last champ before Roman? Oh, Bray. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Roman probably had the most stuff with Bray. To come back, yeah. Like the anyone but you Roman promos, which were great. Um, Yeah, like they just constantly kept finding themselves entangled, like the Shield versus the Wyatt family, and then the anyone but you Roman stuff. Um, Yeah. And then, like, when Roman comes back as a heel, Ray loses the title to Roman. Um, yeah, like, they constantly found themselves against each other. So, like, who do you say is... Who is Bray Wyatt's best feud or best opponent, would you say? Roman or Cena? I'm going to count a point here. Yeah. Brian. Yeah, yeah, but I was thinking more who's still with WWE. Who's still Brian with is. WWE, yeah. If it's not Brian, it's it's probably Cena. But then Roman's not far behind that either. Because um, Roman and Bray had some actually really good matches, just both of their characters were stale. Yeah. Like, it was big dog Roman and, like, kind of spooky but not fiend yet Bray Wyatt so it was like kind of all over the shop um yeah like what are you what are your favorite Bray Wyatt matches off the top of your head like the Firefly Funhouse is definitely up there yeah there's that one there was a six way I think elimination chamber match for the title that I thought was pretty good was that the one he won the title in? He won or Cena won, I can't remember. Yeah, he won, Cena lost it. But yeah. Not, um, not a lot of big matches come to mind, and that's also due to the recent time, like the Swamp Fight comes to mind. Yeah. Um, the He had two matches with Brian at the Rumble pay-per-view that were both fucking incredible. The one in... Uh, I believe it was 2014. Yeah. 
yeah, the 2014 one, and then he had a, I think it was a strap match against Brian in 2019. Yeah. Um, when did we go see Super Showdown? What date was that? That was 2018. I don't think Bray was on it. That's what I was just trying to think today. I'm like, was Bray on Super Showdown? No, that's sort of like at the point where they didn't know what to do with Bray. There was like a long-ass break from Bray before The Fiend started, before the Firefly Farmhouse started. Oh, I suppose that New Day will, if they're on the show tomorrow, will um do something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Do the you Revival remember? on AEW? I yeah, guess, the Revival. Or, yeah, for sure. For sure, those guys. Um, yeah, man. Oh, no, it was Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre against the Shield. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't think Bray was on this. No. AJ? AJ's a good shout. Did AJ and Bray do much? In my head, I thought they did. I don't think they did. Okay, I'm having a quick look now, and then we'll um we'll finish up because it's almost dinner time, I think, for Alex. And he's been kind enough to uh, take time out of his day to join me. No, not that I can see. No. Did I don't think... with Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Who, AJ or Bray? Bray. AJ Styles versus Bray Wyatt. I really don't think it happened much, if at all. Okay, so there was a triple threat match on SmackDown. Bray Wyatt, John Cena, AJ Styles. Uh, that would have been around the time that Bray won the title. Um, oh, there's a cage match thing here. There's a lot of deleter of worlds versus the revival. In, yeah. Uh, mid 2018. Yeah. Yeah, like AJ and Bray barely did anything Touch. together. Huh. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, uh, there's. It's so fucking selfish, but, like, I was really looking forward to Edge versus Bray. I thought there was, like, just the promos alone would have been really good with those two. Yeah. So, I just can't believe how little of AJ and Bray we got. That's unreal. I guess because they were both injured at opposite times. Yeah, and, like, they were both kind of, like, heels at the same time. Um. Yeah, but like a babyface AJ versus like a dastardly Bray would have been incredible. That's that's a mania feud. Um, yeah, that's a absolute shame. Um, yeah, we do have to wrap this up, but man, this has just been a rough couple of days, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wrestling fans, it's it's okay to let out emotions. Let let the tears flow because these guys deserve it, man. They um I think Bray Wyatt's gonna be remembered as um as a creative fucking monster. Like just 
an he, absolute genius. He, like, a lot of the modern sort of cinematic stuff doesn't happen without a Bray Wyatt. Um, it also doesn't happen without Matt Hardy. Don't get me wrong. I've got to really mention that. It doesn't happen without the deletion stuff. But, like, Bray Wyatt, like, really trailblazed, like, um, a lot of the cam- the character work of today's wrestling. Um, his promo work was incredible. In ring, he could go, man. He could go. He just needed the right opponent. Some More often than not, like, yeah, he would get stuck in situations with probably not the right opponent. But, like, when it, he had the right guy in there with him, it was incredible, man. Um, yeah, like... Like he he's got a Hall of Fame career, he'll be in the Hall of Fame for sure. Yeah, he um, he was someone. If I thought he's never coming back to wrestling because of an injury or illness, he's got a job for life in the office uh, with creative. So here's the best way for me to compare him to anyone, and this is such a huge compliment if you know where I'm coming from. He's like the modern day Jake Roberts. Yes. Like that is like the best description, like the promos, the mind for it all. Like, yeah, okay. He can wrestle, but he doesn't always have to. Yeah. And like, yeah, he can be the, he could be the top guy, but he doesn't need to be. He's got his own separate little universe on the card. And that's what Jake Roberts did. Um, yeah, he's like the modern day Jake Roberts. Um, man, um, here's another too soon question before we wrap it up. Would you, if you were WWE, would you put him in the Hall of Fame next year, like they did with Eddie? How they did, how like yeah, Eddie passed '05, put Eddie in the Hall of Fame '06. Would you put Bray in the Hall of Fame or would you wait? Hear me out on this. Would you wait until Braun and Rowan are done and put the entire Wyatt family in together? Okay. Selfishly, I'd say wait because I don't think Harper and Rowan would go in anytime soon otherwise. Yeah. could depending on how the rest of his career goes braun could get away with going in the hall of fame yeah um it would be the best chance to get Brody lee in the hall of fame would be to do a whole white family thing yeah and and yeah sure that you could do like bray Wyatt, two-time hall of famer for sure for sure they could do that they could put him in single next year and then down the road the entire white family but I think, like, yeah, I think that they'll be tempted to put him in the Hall of Fame, and I think they should hold off for a bit. Where are they next year, Philadelphia? Yeah, I mean, next year, I'm just calling yeah. it right right now. It's Paul Heyman's headlining Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. yeah. All right. Um, 
thank you again for taking time out of your uh, busy evening to uh, jump in for a little bit. Yeah, uh, man. Like, these are two wrestlers that really, like, shaped my enjoyment of wrestling. Like, they were a big part of what I loved about wrestling, um, both when I was younger and both in more recent years. Um, yeah, I've been more critical of Bray Wyatt and on this podcast, but also I was a fucking huge fan of Bray Wyatt. So, yeah, I'm more than happy to talk about it. Um, yeah, just everyone look after yourselves, yeah? I know you people heard. I heard too. But you don't have to hurt anymore. What do you think it is that they're going to do to something they cannot hurt? What do you think they'll do to someone who will not be afraid of them? I've been through hell, man. I know how cruel it can be. I know what it's like. I know what it does to a man. (laughs) It changes it. It makes you stronger, man. I am strong now. Stronger than I ever was. <laughs> it took away from me my ability to feel fear, to feel pain. I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> I no longer am able to feel the pains of man. What will they do when they discover they cannot hurt me? They cannot hurt me. What they gonna do, man? What you gonna do to something like me? What can they do? Run.
I don't, I don't know if y'all can read this, Tommy, but I, I am, I'm incredibly grateful, and 
I'm really, really nervous to be here, but I never thought that this would happen. <laughs> and this, this, this right here, this is just me, okay? Yeah, this is a, a version of me that I'm, I've never got to introduce to you guys before. This is just me being me, genuine me for the first time. <laughs> And uh, I just want to share with you, you know, this, this past year in my life, I've, I, I lost a lot of things. I, uh, I lost my career. I love you too. <laughs> I, lost, I lost my career. I lost my self-confidence. I lost two people who were very, very close to me. <laughs> And I, and I lost my, I lost my way. And I, I, and I got to a point where I thought that everything that I'd ever done here or otherwise, I thought it was all meaningless. Nothing I ever did has mattered to anyone. And, and I was, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. Once I was done feeling sorry for myself and I decided to go out in the world again and see people, there were people everywhere, they would say, thank you, Bray, ma'am, when are you coming back home? And then every once in a while, there would be someone I would meet that's truly remarkable, and you, you know who you are. But these people, they would come to me. They would come to me and they would say, Bray, I just wanted to thank you, man, because I was in a time of need and I lost people that were close to me and I lost my self-confidence and I felt weak and I felt vulnerable. And in this weakened state, I found your words, Bray. I found your words and I just wanted to thank you, man. You saved my life, Bray. truth is I, I don't think about stuff like that and the thing about that is is that I can sit here right now today and I can look all of you in the eyes and I can say that you were there when I was weak when I was vulnerable when I was down so I just wanted to say thank you you all saved my life you wouldn't let me alone every time I tried to run away and hide you were there to find me when I left things behind you thank